Just Malcolm Byron. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on your Tuesday morning, May 16th. 2023 we got you started out today a little bit warmer than we were yesterday we are at 56 degrees in the capital city gonna see that sun after a dreary cool day yesterday back into the into the mid 70s and then into the 80s for uh the remainder of the week at least wednesday and thursday uh and got a good show for you today here on a tuesday very busy one uh, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to join us at 710 before a very significant day in the Nebraska legislature, uh, expecting some potentially very big decisions on the issues of abortion and uh, transgender treatments for minors to be made one way or the other in the legislature today. And, of course, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Plus, we'll talk to Joe about it at 710 during the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, scheduled to talk to Bill Steffen from the Lead Center. He's got a new schedule full of musicals and concerts to unveil here on KLIN. So that's coming up during the 8 o'clock hour. And John Baylor will make an appearance with us as well at 8.35. So busy day in terms of what we've got. But yes, today is the climax of a legislative session that has been building toward this moment throughout the course of the last multiple months and today we should end up with a pretty good idea of what will finally be happening when it comes to the disposition of these bills that have been out there that would ban abortion and that would ban in some form certain treatments for uh, gender affirming uh, situations for minors both put together both are going to come to the floor of the legislature today in one package it's an all or nothing situation uh, whatever the bill looks like both of those will be in it uh, in some form and either both of them are passed both of the the bans are passed so to speak or nothing uh, or nothing passes and we are at status quo on both of those issues those issues at least for 2023 and it probably gets booted up and talked about next year probably does either way in the nebraska legislative session and so uh mark after all of these uh, after all of the drama after all of the filibusters after all of the uh going back and forth on all of these things uh, we are going to have some kind of a resolution today, and boy, it uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a dramatic day. I we, I think we continue to think. I guess I shouldn't speak for anyone but myself. Uh, just in terms of what is actually going to happen, there's nothing out there that I've seen so far. And and again, I I may not know everything. That's been going on in the in the background or some of the positions that have been taken by senators that haven't been made public. But I haven't seen anything yet that makes me think that eventually when this is all done, that these bills will have passed. Uh, I think I think they will pass. Just to clarify, I didn't say that very clearly. Um, I, I, I would expect right now. Uh, if the votes line up the way they have been lining up, if they have been, if they're cast the way that they have been cast, and now that you know where Senator Merv Rippey is on the abortion measure, I, 
I, I just don't have a, I, I, there's not a, I don't see the path right now. I don't see what is going to stand in the way of these things getting passed. Now, again, like I said, I'm not privy to the innermost thoughts of all of the state senators that are out there right now. And we've talked about the different scenarios where I suppose something could change. Um, there could be, you know, there could have been votes that have put these through, uh, through other levels of debate, but the senators are, are not going to put it through on final reading or there'll be a tweak to the bills in some form or there have been some uh, and that is going to raise some doubts in the mind of and, and again it's probably just one senator that would be necessary uh, or maybe there is concern about the the combining of these into one and the single question situation so it I mean it isn't impossible but again the way that the way that it looks, if you've been reading the tea leaves and looking at the votes and counting the votes, and if things stay consistent with where they have been generally this session, it looks like this is going to pass by the proverbial skin of the teeth, probably by probably by one vote. And ever since Rippy came out and said that he is going to be a yay on the new abortion bill, the the modification, uh, the the 12-week modification, then... That's kind of how I felt about this whole thing. But we'll have to watch and see if it actually plays out that way. And there are a lot of people who are uh, who are emotionally tied into all of these issues. I mean, let's face it. These are it feels like these are about as man. It's just they're they're connected to to faith and children and families and kind of worldview about how so many things work and freedoms. I mean, Man, they are just tied into the deepest emotional political feelings that I feel like so many people have. And that obviously gets to, you don't need me to tell you that, that's why the session has been like it has this year. That's why so many people are paying such close attention to these things. And um, and yeah, I mean, there's there's honestly... There's a little part of me that is just going to be, you, you know, wherever they go on this thing, that is just going to say, okay, um, it is or it isn't going to be happening, but the discussion isn't going to be just front and center every single day after this whole thing. And that may not be any relief to, that probably won't be relief to people who are on the losing side of this thing today. I'm sure it won't be for, for people. Um, but it's just been. It has been constant, and it doesn't feel like, you know, after all of this discussion on on these two issues in particular, does it feel like there's been, and maybe there shouldn't be, but does it feel like there's been, anybody's moved? I, I guess Rippy did. Rippy literally did. He changed, had a change of heart in terms of the heartbeat bill. But beyond that, I mean, that was kind of a sliding scale on on when it should happen and some details about that, but... Beyond that, I don't know. Has anybody's mind been changed about anything during the course of of any of this? Is there anyone out there who's either on the Senate uh, on the Senate floor or or watching and listening to this whole thing who said, "Well, I kind of went in feeling this way, but now I kind of feel slightly different about this whole thing." I don't know. That's a legitimate question here at this point, but it doesn't look like it's happened on the on the Senate floor, with that one exception. I think the answer is no. Uh, probably not. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, so the, I mean, that's all. Uh, and I wouldn't even say on the Senate floor that that's a 
that someone is has been moved or changed their mind. It's just like they moved where that starting point was. Yeah, yeah, that's to, to, to fit where he was. Right, right. There could have been a few people that were able, willing to compromise to get something rather than nothing. But maybe, but there hasn't even been much of that. I don't no, think. No, there. Be, just least, because that hasn't been a that hasn't been something that they've had to that anybody's had to do right, yet. Yet, but um, now now they've got the maybe option. now. Maybe now, at this point, Mark, I was saying, uh, and Mark just just joined us. I was saying, you know, I don't know, the, you know, the inner inner workings of every senator's head at this point. But if you just if you count the votes and you see what's happened so far, and there isn't anything where somebody ch- does have that change of heart, I would expect that this is probably going to get through today by one by one vote, right? I mean, you know, yeah, as you, far you as the cloture you, on it, yeah, yeah, cloture, and that yes, the the. That's a good point. the The cloture vote will be, t- and then the then you would vote to finally pass it into law, and you only need a majority on that Correct. vote. So that wouldn't be by one vote. But my larger point is just that you, I kind of go in expecting it to pass today. That, that's I, that's my posture watching it. Although, you know, again, shame on me for <laughs> for predicting for making any kind of a prediction about anything at this point. I suppose. Well, you know. As is uh, often said, this is the way the sausage is made, yeah. And, and yeah, but I, I would not disagree with you that it was going to pass. Did this? I I, I might have missed it if it had, did. This come up at all with the with the governor yesterday? Not really. No. Okay. Uh, and and he indicated that you know while the legislation is still being debated, it's you know he's made his position abundantly right. clear. Right. It's not. There's no mystery behind that, which no. is probably why it didn't come up. Right. Yeah. So. There, there was one question about uh, children and life and all of that, and he just said that you know his views were well known. Yeah, yeah. Anything else interesting yesterday? Mm, the fact that he basically said that he thinks the budget's going to be finalized, no special session. That that yeah. was uh, mm. you know pretty. He was very confident that the budget's going to get passed, and he's not going to have to call a special yeah, session. Yeah, because so at times it looked like that yeah, might, that, you know, just for time's sake, that that might have to. That happen. was the most definitive uh, thing that I got out of it. And okay. we talked a little bit about uh, this Proposition Twelve out of California and how uh, it's affecting American agriculture. So. Oh, okay, all right. Which is uh, that's the uh, sows giving birth have to have twenty four square feet. Not a they can't be in a farrowing crate oh in order to sell be sold the pork be sold in california i always give my sows 24 feet and well always that's not always that's a just good, a thing i do it's not a good idea so. well i'm stopping though i'm trying to end that practice but and it, i have and you, been trying anyway we talked a little bit about the ag stuff there that because he and uh the nebraska farm bureau came out pretty strong with some strong uh opposition to it last huh. friday so interesting i know I know you guys get into a lot of the politics, but I would like one of these times, just you and, and the governor, to just talk. Sows. Yes. Uh, but just to talk ag-related issues with, with with your background and his background. There's a lot of expertise there. Yeah, but there's a lot of people in Nebraska that don't really care about it. So. <laughs> So <laughs> too bad for them. Yeah. I would find it entertaining. <laughs> Listen, we talk about people's stuff don't care about every single day here. I mean, <laughs> hey, one, one thing though, I apologize for being late in here, but we do have a serious uh, uh, situation that has developed this morning at KLIN.com. I, I just posted, we have a missing 65 year old woman here oh. in Lincoln 
who is, suffers from dementia. I've got her picture posted. Okay. Uh, she went missing last night, and they're oh, pretty geez. concerned about it. So, All right, so check that out for Sorry, more but, at KLIN.com. No, it's okay. That's why I was late. I was I was talking to you, and you weren't there, but that happens with, to me with my family all the time, and they're actually in the room, so it's... Yeah, it's but Reggie always fun. listens. He, he hears... Yes. Uh, as, yes. As we ask my daughter, where are your listening ears? Yeah, Reggie needs some listening ears. Um, all right. And then on a much, much, much lighter note, well, it wasn't a lighter note if you had to be out there cleaning it up, but how about the great avocado spill of 2023 on I-80 yesterday? Yeah. Did, did you see this? Uh, just outside of uh, Lincoln on I-80. A, on, just right by, by 70th, right? Yep. On the 70th, 70th bridge. Uh, a truck, uh, evidently, I don't know exactly what happened, but it was full of avocados and they ended up all over the interstate, uh, which had to be just a delight to clean up for the, uh, oh. for the people who had that job. Yeah. No kidding. Just, uh, just grab the tortilla chip. And here's the thing with, here's the thing with avocados. Avocados are perfectly ripe for about, it's being. <laughs> avocados are perfectly ripe these automatic video plays i could just for about three minutes in their in their lifetime there's if, a if good you're, if you're lucky you have a good three to five minute window when you can really hit an avocado when you want it okay so i don't know uh i don't know where these were along with the pro because have you ever noticed you go to the grocery store and the variety of ripeness of avocados in the avocado bin you'll have ones that feel like a baseball that just came off the tree about a half hour ago. And then you will have these ones that are black and you put your fingers on it and you can feel it sinking into it uh, with that whole thing. And so I'm not sure exactly where these were on that well, path. I, I assume they were pretty, they weren't very ripe yet yeah, since they I were still being delivered. So, but, but at the price of them, can you imagine the yeah. value that was laid out? Oh my on gosh. The- Yes, uh, you get a semi load of those. I thought things? of that too. Yeah, you can spend uh, you can spend five dollars on three of these uh, in a lot of places. Uh, maybe even more than that in some cases. So yeah, kind of a uh, a messy situation yesterday out on I eighty. So I want to thank you, say thank you to the men and women who had to clean that whole thing. Well, uh, from what I understand, it was mostly the Waverly Volunteer Fire Department. Look at Waverly. We love you so much, Waverly. You're the best. Bet you didn't. Now, do they have special avocado cleanup training for the Waverly Volunteer Firefighters? I, I don't <laughs> recall. Okay. I don't know if that's part it, of the curriculum it, that they've got to be aware of to go into. After the stuff that's been going on in Waverly the past few months, anything's wow. possible. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, all right. So beyond all that, Mark, anything else? Uh, you got oh, that alert for the missing person here, and you can check out more a, for that at KLI.com. A couple of officers assaulted uh, over the weekend. We've got those stories. Council and the mayor sworn in yesterday. Oh, yeah. We got our new city council yeah, yeah, and our know. same mayor. Towel drive underway by People City Mission. So okay. those are kind of the highlights. And then the one I found kind of interesting this morning, actually two things, not really local, but... Uh, there's a what they call a pneumonia front headed for Chicago today. I had never heard that term. Okay. A weather front that within a matter of just a few minutes will drop the temperatures 20 or more degrees. And they call it a pneumonia front? Yeah. It's quite an interesting story. Huh. NBC Chicago's got the story, and uh, I've got it linked there on, a sh- on the show sheet under my a little thing. Well, you take a look at that. It might be something to if talk ra- about. You know what? If rain came with it, I would take that in Lincoln. 
And but, Martha Stewart on uh, Sports Illustrated cover. Yeah, the Sports so we got to be specific here. The Sports Illustrated swimsuit, swimsuit edition cover at age 81. Yep. Holy cow. That's, uh, I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to say anything about that. That won't be inappropriate. So <laughs> congratulations to her. How about that? Congratulations to Martha. And congratulations for your weird friendship with Snoop Dogg. That's still weird. Two great accomplishments. Also, the Durham report came out yesterday. It did. You got anything? Three hundred pages. Read every one of them. I did not. <laughs> I did not. Uh, but I'm sure you'll hear about it a lot today on our radio station after nine a.m. That's all coming up. I'm sure. So there you go. All right, it's 624. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Let Lincoln know if your organization or business is impacted by the latest severe weather. Go under the closings tab and sign up at KLIN.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Hey, welcome back. Glad to have you with us. Hopefully everybody uh, was able to traverse the new construction areas that were up Yesterday, okay, I ran into a couple of them myself, uh, namely what it would be, uh, 48th and uh, 48th and Old Cheney. That one, I saw pictures out at 84th and O that during the during the times that were uh, busy in the afternoon, things got backed up quite a bit there. So, as everybody is getting used to their new. Their new routines with some of that construction. We went over all of those new areas yesterday on the show. If you missed that, you can check it out on the podcast from yesterday's show. You can always check out our podcast at KLIN.com or you can go wherever you get podcasts and just search for LNK Today with Jack and Friends and listen to uh, listen to the show uh, all condensed into, into one quick file for you to listen to and get up to date if you miss it live during the course of the day. So, uh, all right, let's get into... Our sound off today, Mark mentioned it at the outset yesterday, a 300-page report on the Trump-Russia probe released by Special Counsel John Durham yesterday. What did it say? Can you give us a 30-second cliff notes of this thing? This report, more than 300 pages, the culmination of four years' worth of work. And at the core, the question was, did the FBI properly vet what ended up being politically motivated evidence that was brought to them? Durham's answer, 
is no. In the report, he writes, the DOJ and FBI failed to uphold their important mission of strict fidelity to the law. Senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor toward the information they received, especially information received from politically affiliated persons and entities. Durham says that the apparent ploy by Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign to tie then-candidate Trump to Russia fell short of amounting to provable criminal offense. So a couple of things, I think, that are potential outcomes of this is how will it impact FBI, DOJ type policies? It feels like these things uh, are going to be issues we're going to be dealing with more frequently rather than less frequently, given the state of politics right now at this point. And there is a 17-page discussion in this thing about how politically sensitive investigations should be or I guess could be handled differently in the future. Things like assigning a career official to challenge FBI surveillance applications in those cases, not leaving important information in in footnotes in in those sorts of things. So it's kind of a there's kind of some ideas laid out in that, although it's not really like an inspector general type inquiry. This was something where he was, uh, you know, going and looking to see if things were done inappropriately and if it rose to the level of a crime as well. And then the other question that comes from this, and I don't know that he got, I didn't read the, the whole thing. I mainly read articles about it. But the other thing that he got into uh, or he didn't get into, but might be a result of this thing, is what's called Section 702 authority, and that is um, the potential that Congress could take away that surveillance authority after it expires. It expires coming up this December, and uh, that maybe you know, perhaps that's something that that could come out of this as well. And so you've got that. Uh, he did at the at the beginning of it. The other thing is, and, and she mentioned this in the clip, that uh, did, did he concluded that there was not any additional criminal liability when any of this said that the law doesn't prohibit all unseemly or unethical conduct that political campaigns might undertake for tactical advantage. Um, and so, and the prosecutors have to actually prove criminal intent to get convictions. And so he said it, it, it it's bad judgment, but you know, standing alone, it's not a crime in this situation is essentially the conclusion that Durham came to. And already, I think, probably anticipating some of the critiques he got from people who wanted to see more criminal cases come out of this, more prosecutions actually come out of this whole thing. Uh, then today, uh, a big meeting. They're getting together all the big stakeholders from the right and the left in Washington, D.C. to try to figure out what to do about this debt ceiling issue. The biggest names in American politics are scheduled to meet in arguably the most notorious office space in American politics as President Biden welcomes House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, and Senate Leaders Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell in the Oval Office. The discussions are the second in just a few weeks regarding the nation's debt ceiling as both sides have stuck to their positions. Republicans want spending cuts to deal with the national debt, while Democrats want a clean debt ceiling raise. Despite the clock ticking until the U.S. defaults on its debt, John Kirby of the National Security Council says President Biden still expects to depart on time Wednesday for his trip to Japan. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. It doesn't sound, I know, you know, Trump in that town hall was saying that he thought the United States should default on it. Um, I don't think there are 
I don't think at least within that room there are people who have that position. So that outcome is is unlikely, and there are a lot of people who are concerned about exactly what the ramifications of something like that would be. So now it's just down to hammering out the you know, the agreement that has to exist, how much spending is cut, is that really happening? Um, what What's the quid pro quo, essentially, for an agreement to actually raise the debt ceiling to go forward? What are you going to have to do for that um, going forward to get the votes to make that happen? Also, uh, on the Senate side of things, Today, there's going to be a uh, a hearing with the people behind the chat GPT, the AI <laughs> craze, I guess, that's swept the nation and has gotten the concern up of a lot of people in the tech industry and then people in government trying to figure out exactly what their role with this whole thing should be. Lawmakers have been trying to get up to speed on artificial intelligence, and tomorrow's congressional hearing will be an important first step in that process. For the first time ever, Sam Altman will be here testifying before Congress. He, of course, is the CEO of OpenAI, which is behind ChatGPT. Lawmakers on the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on privacy, technology, and the law will question him, along with an IBM executive and NYU professor Gary Marcus. Marcus, notably, one of the people who signed that letter calling for a six-month pause on some AI development. This could be, this could be interesting. It might, uh, what these people say in their testimony in particular. Now, the concern, which is always, I think, the concern when you've got people in Congress or the Senate who are holding hearings on issues about tech, and we've had a lot more simple tech issues than what's happening with AI and ChatGPT and, you know, kind of the futurism that goes along with that. It's been as simple as how does Facebook work? Um, you know, how does the Internet work? All of these sorts of things. And some of the some of just the <laughs> the lack of understanding on display by the people who have been elected to these spots has been a little bit cringeworthy. So I can't imagine what that's going to mean for today's hearing. But it will be interesting to see what the people who are testifying have to say and what their specific concerns are and what they think the government could or should do uh, to allay those concerns. Uh, it sounds like there is uh, at least support building among some for Mike Pence to give it a go in 2024. Is he officially going to become a candidate soon? Well, kind of starting to look like it. Supporters of Mike Pence planning to launch a super PAC to back the former VP's 2024 presidential campaign. Republican consultant Scott Reed is going to co-chair the effort, says the country is at a crossroads and needs a strong conservative candidate who can win. Pence has said he'll decide no later than June whether to run for the White House. A recent Quinnipiac University poll finding Pence tied for third place among Republicans with former South Carolina governor and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. Both are behind former President Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has yet to announce plans to run for president. Sue Guzman, Fox News. Still, uh, I, I still with some of these some of these challengers to Trump, I can kind of see who that within the Republican Party who they're going for. It's a little hard to see with Pence. Uh, just who exactly is that voter? Where are that you know? Obviously, it's a non-Trump voter since mm-hmm. they're not voting for Trump. Uh, but this is Trump's vice president, who's kind of departed with him, but kind of not. Um, it's and is a little reluctant to do that. Sometimes, sometimes he seems less that way. Uh, 
I just I, I I don't know. It I don't know where the but I kind of feel that way about all the all of the challengers right now is I don't quite know who that uh, how you get enough momentum within the party for any one person even if there weren't if even if it wasn't spread out among 10 people how you get anything to compare to the s- support that Trump's yeah. got. And 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 who knows maybe things change over the course of the the next several months. I think the most interesting thing will be who who is the one going to be who's going to who's going to kind of get galvanized support to be the main challenger at this point. Is it is it going to be DeSantis? That's probably the odds on favorite that what most people would would guess right now. Is there a chance that, you know, Haley or or one of these other one of these other candidates is going to kind of become the number two and maybe pick up the support of the other people around them, which still seems like it's going to fall way short of yeah. of what you've got with Trump. It's but. going to be really hard to win that nomination, one, going against Trump, but two, if you're on the wrong side of Trump supporters. Yeah. And, and Pence is on the wrong side of a lot of Trump supporters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that might be an understatement <laughs> for some of them. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. And then going back to uh, to more local news, we talked about this at the outset, but it is getting some national attention today, and that's what's about to happen in the Nebraska legislature today with debate on the combined bill that includes gender-affirming care for minors, should it be legal, and abortion when should it become illegal? Nebraska state legislators will vote on a bill to ban gender-affirming care for minors, proposing that the measure also include an amendment restricting abortion after 12 weeks of pregnancy, with exceptions for rape, incest, and to save a mother's life. The move comes after a failed attempt by conservative state lawmakers to advance a bill to ban abortion at six weeks of pregnancy, with critics arguing it violates women's rights. The clerk of the legislature's office tells the Associated Press if advanced, the bill must survive three rounds of debates to be passed. But if the first vote to end debate fails, both the bill and the abortion amendment will be shelved for the year. Kristen Goodwin, Fox I don't News. Think that's, I don't think that's quite right. It's already been through some of those rounds. But anyway, yeah. you know, national reports on on local state uh, state politics that can tend to happen. Uh, all right, out of politics for a second, I, for the most part, I guess. We talked about this a couple of times within the state of Nebraska and some of these school districts, uh, there are smaller school districts in the state that have gone to four-day school weeks. Yeah. And there, I think there are more than people think that have done this uh, around the state of Nebraska. And more and more, you look beyond Nebraska and the country at large, and this is a definite trend right now with every year you've got more school districts that are looking at saying i think especially for elementary school but are looking at doing this four-day school week turns out that the four-day school week is a major trend that is reshaping education in america's grade schools right now the controversial move is meant to slash costs for schools plug the teacher drain and achieve equity among students. Nationally, 850 school districts have dropped the fifth day of classroom learning. That's thousands of schools. It's up from 650 districts back in 2019, pre-COVID. Four-day weeks uh, right now are most popular in the rural West, but the trend's also picking up in metro areas like Texas and Arizona, where it's a legacy of teachers' union pandemic policies. Huh. All right. So, I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard any discussions on that i don't know where the closest school district is here that does that i'd be interested if uh uh if our listeners are aware of aware of any place where that's happening or they've been a place that are happening or they've got relatives where that's happening 
just kind of curious what the I don't know what my reaction as a parent would be to uh, to something like that. I, I suppose it's a first of all, it probably depends on what age your kids are. That's got a lot. It's a, that's a whole different world if you've got a a first grader as opposed to you know me. Like I've got a, a senior in high school and I've got a sixth grader right now, and so that's that's a lot different just with the childcare issues that would go along with it. But what is a what's it doing for teacher morale? What's it doing for teachers staying on the job? That's obviously a big question that goes along with this as well. Uh, some Stoga, Weeping Water, Banner County, Hay Springs. Why not? Okay. Minotaur. Okay. All smaller districts. Uh, those those are at least. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd, I'd be fascinated. I I honestly don't. I'm not. I don't have a strong opinion on it necessarily just hearing about it but i'd be really curious what people who have actually gone through it think about the uh the whole thing uh but i haven't heard a huge movement for it very locally here like for lps or or anything like that yet to this point but obviously with uh with those numbers about what you say 250 districts since COVID have Mm -hmm. have done this which is a from i mean real rough math that's about 25 percent more than we're doing it prior to that uh, all right, and then uh, and then we'll do this. Uh, if you're getting, uh, if you're you're traveling by air this summer or in the coming coming months, you may notice uh, a new piece of security that you've got to go through, which is not just the old, uh, you know, take off your shoes, put everything on the belt, uh, take the stuff out of your pockets, walk through the metal detector. There also may be facial recognition that is involved oh. to make sure that. You are who your ID says you are. Facial recognition technology is now comparing passenger license or passport photos to live camera images of their faces to make sure that passengers are the same person they say they are under a pilot program. That TSA's Jason Lim says the cameras aren't constantly scanning and that they're not storing passengers' biometric information amid privacy concerns. We're not surveilling the space. No, this is designed to, to automate what's being done manually for that moment in time. It's a snapshot in time. The technology is currently in 16 airports, including Reagan National, Denver, and L.A. The facial recognition tech also isn't at every TSA checkpoint. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. So the, what that quote there was basically saying, well, we're just doing it to substitute because the, the human that usually does it and looks and, mm-hmm. and makes sure... Uh, what did they? My my driver's license picture was taken a long time ago because you keep renewing it and it has the same picture on it. Like yeah. I wonder how much that accounts for changes in the way people tend to tend to look over the years. I mean, we have little the- little grayer, little little less skinny, a little more skinny. Who knows? You can probably handle that because we've all we all saw the apps that was like the like the age me apps or whatever That's they were true. that would that would make people look older That's and they true. can make people look younger. It probably has the technology within there to go, here's the picture that I have. Right. <laughs> here's the person in front of me. Is there a realistic chance that's the same person or however it would do that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh all right, we're gonna leave it on that one then. That is uh that's it for your sound off today. We got Joe Jordan coming up in about fifteen minutes from News Channel Nebraska on as we said, a big day in the Nebraska legislature. We'll get his preview of that and more of the things going on with Nebraska news and politics a little bit later in the show. We'll unveil the new lead center schedule. It uh actually just came out publicly a couple of days ago, but Bill Stefan will unveil it officially here on KLIN at eight ten and John Baylor is gonna join us as well. So busy morning here on LNK today with Jack and Friends. Fifty five degrees cloudy skies in the capital city on KLIN.
When you're just Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, uh, Friday's coming up. I mean, not that far away. It's Tuesday. It's the day after the day after tomorrow. And Request Line Friday will be back this Friday. We are general this week, whatever you would like to hear. So if you have a sense that you want to get up the front of the line, go ahead and text in the song you want to hear right now to the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. We'll be back themed next week. But for this week, we're opening it up after we had a great time on Mother's Day to whatever you want. All right, we'll take a break. Joe Jordan coming up after news at 7 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, 709 on a Tuesday morning, and that means it's time to talk to Joe Jordan of News Channel Nebraska. We go over the things making news with nebraska in uh both the news world and politics world and uh joe does join us right now good morning joe how are you doing today uh real good jack how about you well i'm good i mean we we have come come finally after talking about this legislative session basically every tuesday for about the last five months we've come you know for better or for worse to kind of the the climax of this whole thing today uh and it's uh everything that's that's gone on kind of comes it's kind of remarkable joe just how you had these two big sort of storylines these two bills that obviously have a whole lot of emotion on either side of them and somehow we combine them you know into one to make it into this super emotional final discussion on this bill today it's uh it's gonna have it all today on the floor of the legislature it sounds like yes and Along with what happens today, there will be fallout tomorrow, and the fallout is hard to hard to fathom how deep it will go. Um, if uh, if the abortion ban uh, of twelve weeks, the, the current compromise, uh, goes through, uh, the quote unquote pro choice folks in the legislature, uh, they'll they'll sort of understand it, but they're not going to be happy with it. And then on the transgender issue, uh, if that piece of legislation passes uh, and transgender health care is in some way affected uh, and those who believe it shouldn't be affected, they'll be really furious about that one. And and uh, and I don't know what that means for these, these final few days of the legislature, yeah. but uh, I would guess 
uh, I would guess in the end, uh, what occurs today is going to have an effect for the next couple of weeks in the legislature and affect uh, several legislative fights going forward next year. And then the elections in 2024, which will be further ramped up because of all this. Yeah, that, that kind of got to the, the first question I had, assuming that, you know, if, if, if it does pass, what does, yeah, and I know it's exactly what you're talking about. What, do, what does it mean? I assume there's going to be judicial fights probably on, on both of these. And, and then I guess I wonder, is this, are these things then that come up on the floor of the legislature every year after that? Like, like some of the, th- and I guess abortion has been one that's traditionally done that. But uh, how likely, even if this is a yes, is this the actual final word on this for a while? If, if the abortion ban of 12 weeks, passes uh i don't you you may have some uh you know judicial challenges i don't know how they would work to be honest with you mm-hmm. uh, uh doing what some other states have, have come up with the, the, the legislative uh process seems to be pretty well uh assumed to be the, the, sort of the final word on these things mm-hmm. uh, especially given the fact that you know the supreme court has basically told the states you know it's it's your this is up to you you decide what you want to do with it uh so i don't know i don't know that that, that any judicial challenges would 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 work that doesn't mean they're not going to happen i I presume somewhere somewhere along the line that they will happen on the transgender side of this i think that's the real unknown factor here Mm -hmm. uh because uh obviously senators hunt and kavanaugh have made it uh, a cause celeb for them and uh you know whether you agree with them or don't agree with them uh they have taken a stand, and they've held it, as you began this discussion, for, for almost five months now, mm-hmm. uh, and made it very clear that they're not, they're not willing to bend. And uh, so if they, if they don't come out of this successful, you wonder what ramifications that could have, what, what options they're looking at after that. And I don't know the answer to that. Do we have – I guess my question is, especially on the, on the transgender side of this – is there still are there there seems to always kind of be these potential amendments that have been hanging out there there've been talk about it being um only germane to surgeries but not medications and then you know maybe that wasn't going to happen and then um I've heard that that uh I guess p- potentially this new bill could be something where like there's basically an, an administrative rulemaking process that would go toward making some of the determinations about what's permitted and and what's not um is this do you get a sense of of how similar or how dissimilar this actual bill that portion of the bill is going to be from what they ended up discussing at the very beginning of this session yeah absolutely and uh yes the the, the amendment as i understand it right now uh surgeries for those under the age of 19 uh transgender surgeries for those under the age of 19 would be prohibited mm-hmm. uh on the on the um, medical side the medicine side so to speak uh as you said that would that would be some administrative decision and apparently it would be decided by DHHS uh, that's where i think things for the transgender issue get kind of cloudy and could and you could see some type of uh court action taken against uh that part but because it it, it gets uh the, the the more unknown the answer is to those questions. I think that's where the courts can come into. You can ask the court to make decisions. Uh, the, the surgery side seems pretty clear. 
mm-hmm. but but the side of, of of what medicines would or wouldn't be available to individuals to me that's not as clear because you've got someone else uh sort of a third party now right. making a decision uh and i think that's where things get a little uh un- uncertain so i do think when you get to, if if that's where this thing winds up being it would surprise me if there weren't legal challenges to that one almost immediately after the the legislation were to be enacted uh so again uh we may have some definition tonight and it's going to be late yeah. tonight we may have some definition tonight where the state stands on this but i don't think that's the last word is where these things are going yeah i wonder if the when the chief medical officer was appointed by the governor back in what february i had to look up timothy tesmer uh dr timothy tesmer is the chief medical officer all of a sudden that would be a, a major decision that's become one of the great policy debates here in the state that would fall right on his right on his shoulder and DHS's shoulder for this whole thing. Maybe not something that they want, but that could be an outcome of what happens today is essentially an administrative rulemaking process on, on at least part of these things that were debated uh, all for an entire five month period in the legislature. Yeah, a, I mean, there's just a lot of things that really changes the game. It feels like we, it, it does. And, and again, when you get a third party involved in making these decisions, uh, that's where I think, uh, you know, uh, you're going to have a doc. You know, you're going to have some, an individual's doctor saying that this is this is the treatment that I, but that I as this individual's doctor believe is the correct treatment. And you're going to have some quote unquote government official, even if he's a medical person, saying, well, yes or no. Uh, and that's where I think that you're going to have you're opening it up to a great deal of legal uh, possibilities. Yeah. There. Uh, just in, just going back specifically to today and what actually happens today, you know, once we found out that Senator Rippey is um, is going to support the new version of the the 12 week ban, it you know, the if you look at the previous votes and just kind of generally where senators have been and what they've said, it would appear that the votes are there. Are there still scenarios out there, though, do you think, where the votes aren't there? And, and I suppose all it would take is uh, is probably one senator not supporting one portion of this bill that we assumed did support it, uh, and it wouldn't have the votes that it takes to get through uh, uh, to, to get through the filibuster, essentially. Are there scenarios out there for that? Well, first, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to reserve judgment on Senator Reapy's vote until he casts it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. I mean, he seems to have been publicly saying that he's he's okay with this now. Yes, and and and, and, he, and he may be, and I have no reason not to not to believe that. But 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 who knows? I mean, we this thing has taken so many twists and turns. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, that uh, that until he until that vote is actually cast, I guess I'm going to be. Uh, <laughs> not committed. So there's one. The so there's one scenario right there. Is that that vote actually isn't there? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. But, but let, let, assuming that that he, that Senator Reapy does vote uh, for the twelve, the new this compromised twelve week ban. Uh, I don't. I don't see anybody else changing their mind. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Right. But it, it it does appear that he has been the lone. Uh, the lone vote out there, people wondering, you know, what he was going to do and how it was going to play out. Uh, so I don't see, I, I don't see another vote uh, other than his in in play right now. To be honest with you, yeah, you just there just haven't been at least that we've seen. It's exactly what you said, Joe. It's we haven't seen people who would be yeses who have voted yes on 
both bills sort of leading up to this that there's been in the, any indication that they're potentially a swing vote. I guess that's the bottom line of what I'm thinking, and it sounds like what you're thinking too. We just haven't. I I don't recall having heard that about any of these votes so right. far. Right. The only other outside vote of that his. people were the only other vote people were wondering about was Senator Justin Wayne. Right, and that would have been but, on the other side. Exactly. Yeah. So it didn't. It was kind of a moot point. You've got 32 Republicans, uh, and that would include Senator Reepy. If they all vote uh, for the abortion ban. Uh, along with Senator Mike McDonald, who has made it very clear for months now that he is in favor of the, the, the abortion ban going to six weeks or 12 weeks or whatever. He didn't, he's, he's fine with it no matter where it is. That's 33 votes, and that's, that's pretty well, and that does it. Uh, and I don't, I don't see any of those. That's why I said the only vote to me that, is, that I want to see watch be cast is Senator Reepy's. I think the other 32 are set in stone. Yeah, the only other scenario that I even thought of, and I don't know if this is in play at all, it may not be, but um, if there were someone who was more of a hardliner on either of these bills and didn't like the, in support of the original bills, and didn't like perhaps that they were watered down to some degree from the original, and that could cause them to vote no. Now, again, I haven't heard anyone intimate that they might be doing that, but that seems like, you know, the only other scenario that I can think of where a vote might not be cast. I am sure that there are plenty of, of, of conservative senators who don't, who if they had their druthers, it would be six weeks and not 12. There's no question about that. But I think the last thing that they wanted to have happen, and this is why I think it, this is why the compromise came back. The last thing they wanted to have happen was to end the session with no, with no further restriction on abortion, leaving it at the current law of 20 weeks. Uh, and and going going back to, to their constituents with nothing to show, this gives them the assuming the twelve week compromise ban were to pass, they can go back to their constituents and say we you know we got it to twelve, and and don't be surprised if next year we try to go to six. Uh, yeah, it, it, I think it's an incremental. Move. I don't think they wanted to have nothing to show, so twelve weeks was better than nothing. And they can always go back to their to their districts and say we got it to twelve, and the next move is it will, we we can go for six, you know, the next time around. Yeah, that was uh, exact. That was exactly going to be my next question to you: is is this? Do, do you think if they do approve this, do you think it's likely it comes back up as a six week again next session? It sounds like your answer is yeah. That wouldn't surprise yeah, you at all. Yeah, e- either next year or twenty twenty four when there's when we have another set of elections and maybe you know a vote or two has moved in the legislature. Uh, you know, quote unquote, to the pro-life side, uh, then then there's no doubt there there'll be a move for for uh, for a six-week ban. Whether or not it occurs next year, I'm not certain. Uh, but I guess I'd be surprised if it's if, if there's not a bill on the floor uh, come January next year for, for six weeks if the if this week if the 12-week compromise goes through. I can't help but think, you know, once again, we've got one of these issues as it pertains to um, a motion for cloture where it is razor thin, where the margin is one person changes their vote and it changes everything. Um, it, it, you know, you've got a, you, you, I don't, I don't, I don't quite know how to how to perfectly state this, but. Like if somebody, we've seen resignations, right? In the for state senators before, we've seen people leave. We've seen them make make decisions. I mean, if there would ever be someone who's left leaning on any of these things, who would for whatever reason need to vacate their their spot, the governor would appoint the next senator, and 
one gaining one vote in this current legislature going into next year would be incredibly significant for policy reasons for a whole bunch of things. That's how that's how razor thin it seems all of these things are when you need that supermajority for these cloture motions. Well, there's no doubt, and you know, I'm sure that on the Democratic side of this, uh, they if they have any kind of a fear factor in the legislature, it's that someone gets ill or, you know... Right, or uh, gets to, a new job or something. Yeah, has to resign, and, and because we all know the governor's going to appoint someone, even yeah. if that person's only going to be able to serve, you know, in, in, in the bluest of legislative districts in the state, they're only going to be able to serve and then lose in 2024. Having that person in there for, you know, uh, 18 months, uh, you could get a lot, you could you could make a significant policy change on, on a variety of issues, absolutely. Yeah, or they decide to run for higher office for something else in 2024 or something like that. I, um, yeah, they're, they're saying stay put, if you could. <laughs> Please stay put. Uh, all right, hey, uh, appreciate the analysis on this, Joe. I guess now we will uh, kind of sit back, see what happens, and uh, by next week we'll have, a, we'll have a much better idea on these issues. Always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Joe? Take care, Jack. Thank you. you go, Joe Jordan. News Channel, Nebraska, 724. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. All right, let's count it down starting with number five. Lincoln Police and the Nebraska State Patrol looking for an endangered missing person. 65-year-old Carmen Banks Ruiz was last seen about 10.30 last night in the area of North 33rd to North 48th and Layton to Adams. She's 65 years old, 5 feet 7 inches tall, 125 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. Uh, wearing a blue jacket with fur on the collar, black leggings, black tennis shoes, and a black bandana on her head. Just a couple of moments ago, the scanner indicated she may have been seen down near the law enforcement center and just even more recently near 9th and Washington, which is outside of that original area. So, oh, wow. So okay. you might uh, she may be on the move the way it sounds. She has dementia and does not have her medication with her. So so we have a picture up at KLIN.com, correct? And, correct. and that detailed description there that you yes, just gave and, us and as a matter is of fact, part of that, too. It's the same coat in this picture that she was wearing last oh, okay, night. okay, good. She does have a black bandana on, though, as, as opposed to the stocking cap that's in the picture. Okay, so if you happen to be out, especially in that area that Mark just mentioned, and you see someone who matches the distri- description, uh, might be a good idea to definitely let authorities know and and uh, hopefully get her back and, and safe after she's gone missing, and hopefully good news in that we've got some potential sightings here uh, after 
for basically the entire night where she was uh, she was had gone missing. Number four. A couple of controversial measures expected in the debate today at the unicameral. LB 574, the Let Them Grow Act, which would prohibit gender-affirming care for LGBTQ plus Nebraska minors. Uh, the bill moved to final round of debate, but then an amendment by Senator Ben Hansen added a 12-week abortion ban. That would mean that it would have to go back for second round debate today. And so that's where we start out and see whether these two can actually survive. I was uh, I was talking to Joe uh, when he was on, Joe Jordan, at 710, and I just asked him, I was like, do, do any... Are there scenarios that are out there where this doesn't pass just because there don't appear to be people who support the bills or at least supported the bills in previous rounds of debate? There hasn't been any indication that there is anyone other than Merv Rippey who has been kind of a swing vote on either of these right. now that they've been combined. And it was interesting. He said, I don't know. He, he essentially said, I don't know that I'll, I'm sold that... You know, Rippy is gonna for sure be a yes on this. He wasn't saying that he wasn't, but he said, "I'm just, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to uh, garner any any predictions or being a hundred percent sure about it until he actually votes that way." Which was which was interesting to me, since he had kind of spoken out uh, publicly and to to some media and said essentially that he supported at least the abortion part of this now that had been amended, as you mentioned, through Senator Hansen. So. Maybe that is still a, a pathway that's out there, but again, from what I said earlier, and it, it sounded like you agreed with me, Mark. It just it it looks the way it looks now, barring someone being a new swing vote that we didn't realize was in the past, uh, that these are just going to be able to have enough votes to uh, get past the filibuster, and then obviously would have enough votes after that then to have the simple majority and and go into law, but. You never know until it's all over. Yeah, I, I, the only one that I could see switching the vote might be someone who was strictly for once the uh, heartbeat is detected. Yeah, that was we talked about that too. And I, that's the only. I, but, and I have no idea who it might be, but they may just be uh, hardened enough in their position that they want. Yeah, the, maybe. As as Joe and I talked about, though, it, it you know it. You'll probably have that if, if let's say this is passed this this session. You'll probably have a senator come back and try and go back to the the six week next session after this is all over. It doesn't necessarily preclude that from happening. It probably still will happen. Um, so I I said the same thing, Mark. But in practice, it's kind of right. It's kind of hard to imagine that 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 would actually go down. But but even if this passes, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there isn't uh, an attempt at an initiative ballot referendum. That that's an interesting on on, on the abortion issue. Yes, you mean? Yep. That would the heartbeat. That but, would that would go. Oh, it would go back to the. Yeah, you. I mean, you wonder if there would be ballot initiatives in both directions if yes. that's possible too. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if there are. Um, and I don't know. Maybe maybe on the transgender issue as well. The interesting thing about the transgender one that that Joe and I also talked about. You and I got to just a little bit is now that the new bill would leave some decisions on what treatments, what non-surgical treatments are okay for minors to the chief medical office in the Department of Health and Human Services, essentially making it like an an admin rulemaking process. Uh, but still no surgical. Uh, right, no procedure. surgical, but in terms of what, and I don't know what uh, what all of these are, but um, 
puberty blockers, hormone therapies, those sorts of things would be okayed or not okayed by the chief medical officer who was appointed by Governor Ricketts last February and is part of the Department of Health and Human Services. So that's a new kind of a a, a new factor in this debate that wasn't there in the previous steps of this. Okay. All right, uh, let's move on to number three. Well, it goes back to, I think, four years ago, maybe longer, but during the 2016 election, that ultimately the stuff going on, uh, Trump-Russia collusion and others, uh, we had the special uh, prosecutor, John Durham, conducting the big uh, review, and he released a 306-page report yesterday that uh, Andrew McCabe, who was one of the people mentioned in there, has called uh, it's, uh, the 306 pages is a nothing burger. It's a nothing new in there. Well, I mean, essentially he said that there was political influence by the, you know, in the DOJ and the FBI with these investigations that there were, they were not even handed politically. He said none of it rose to the level, though, of criminal prosecution or being something that would be likely to be able to secure a conviction on for any of those things. And then he kind of went through and he laid out ways that he thinks that in the future that politically sensitive investigations can be can be done and there can be more safeguards uh, around it as well. So, yeah, I mean, as as you mentioned, there, there are going to be people who uh, there are going to be some people who say this is a nothing burger and some people who say it's huge and it proves exactly what was being alleged. And that that tends to be what happens. But you know, the bottom line is everything is political right now. Everything is. So it doesn't. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised that was the conclusion of of this. Um, he did get one uh, a guilty plea uh, for an indictment that he brought forward on an email. It was something mis- yeah, an but- email was altered. No, it wasn't even it was a wasn't even jail time or a, a particularly yeah it, well it, it was, was a false, real small conviction it was falsifying information that went to a FISA request that's so. what it was all right so uh that is the latest there moving on number two nfl moving further into the streaming uh realm by putting one of its playoff games exclusively on a digital platform for the first time <laughs> uh nbc universal and the league announced the saturday night game on wild card weekend will be on Peacock. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Which they will find out. I mean, what'd you say? They'll find out. They'll realize that afterwards. <laughs> Can we... you imagine it, Mark? On if the Chiefs are in that game yeah. on, on set. Do you have Peacock? No. And it's gonna be uh it's gonna be, you know, Chiefs and Bills or something. I mean, it could be anything, Chiefs and Bengals. Everybody's excited to watch it. It's a huge game. They probably won't put the best game on that one, by the way. But just hypothetically. And you turn on, you sit down, you have the popcorn popped, you got the you got the cooler filled, and you're ready to watch NFL, and you're like, oh, this is not on TV. Right. This is the NFL playoffs, America's biggest sporting postseason event with the most eyes on it, and you are taking it off of regular TV and putting it behind a streaming paywall. Oh, the worst. Did we ever find out what the numbers were for the Thursday night games on Prime last year? I'm sure they exist. Yeah. And that's this is the same thing as that. It's just that this is the postseason. This isn't a crappy Jaguars Colts oh, game. You don't think that because they were doing stuff in the regular season they weren't going to start to move yeah, some you're of right. the postseason? Especially Listen, wild card weekend. And think of how many people are going to when this happens. Now, one thing I should note, if it's a team in its local market. They're still. They're going to put it on the regular NBC oh, affiliate, I believe. Okay. So if 
So for for instance, the Chiefs in the Kansas City Metro, it would it would still be on regular broadcast TV. But for everyone else, the rest of the the country, you've got to be a Peacock subscriber. The amount of people, and this is why they do it. And I'll probably do that. I I bet come January, I'm going to be doing this. I'll sign up for some free trial, right? Of Peacock. Mm -hmm. They'll be all. They'll probably have a special. They'll roll out the marketing for the free seven day trial for Peacock. And scads and scads of people will sign up for it. And, you know, I don't know, 25% of them will forget to cancel it (laughs) before the seven days are over. And what do you know? We got a new giant revenue stream because of this. It's not hard to figure out why they do it at this point. But it's just, it's frustrating for the consumer because now. Frustrating for the local broadcasters. It's frustrating for, that's a good point too. Yeah, I mean, imagine the ratings boon that NBC, regular NBC, is losing for one night. And to to lead into all their own stuff and their local news and all of those things as well. But it's crappy for the consumer. It really really is. Because there's so many different... You know, you've got to have... you To be able to see all the things that I want to see and I used to watch on Sportsnet, you've got to have, in addition to just the entertainment ones, you've got to have three, four streaming services. Now on this on, on on everything, so I don't know. I was disappointed to see what it'll happen, but maybe I'll make a friend by that time who subscribes to Peacock. We've got to start finding a friend for my Saturday night plans in January <laughs> next year. I can't believe it's, I I can't believe it. How long until the Super Bowl? How long until we have that? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to subscribe to what Apple TV to watch the Super Bowl eventually, probably. By the way, the NFL lost uh, nearly 4 million viewers on Thursdays um, this past year from the year before. I'm sure. But made, but made $1.2 billion because of putting those games with their so deal with Amazon the, on Prime. The winners are the, uh, the financial bottom line and the people who've got money to add the streaming services. Now, I had Amazon Prime anyway, right. so I got to watch... I did get to watch those, and people have NBC, Peacock, or have Peacock right now are probably able to say, hey, you know, no problem. I already have it anyway. But mm-hmm. do you guys have Peacock? No, 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 none of us. Do. And I no, would, go. I, and I wouldn't get it just for yeah, even if the Chiefs were in it. I'd just listen to Mitch Oldis. Yeah, you could do that. I'd probably, I'd probably get it. <laughs> Especially if I could, if I could figure out how to make sure that it was canceled. I'd probably drive to Kansas City to or I'd cancel something else. But you know, like I'm still paying for. BTN Plus, because I want to watch the baseball games. Mm-hmm. I'll cancel that, I guess, during the course of the summer. Um, but just another one. Subscription fatigue, especially with TV streaming. Sir. How many is too many to have to subscribe to? Yeah. I feel yeah. like we're all close to that limit in, in some ways. Well, I, I canceled out of all the NHL streaming. Uh, I had the NHL package yeah. for years. And when they sent some to ESPN and some to what TNT even, mm-hmm. I, I you couldn't get the the NHL package in total because it was on regular it was on, TV it, or on an, another service. Yeah, so I just said, "Oh, on ESPN Plus." Yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. How could you do that? You still have four teams playing. <laughs> well, he doesn't anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> he doesn't have any of them playing anymore. Though. Well, he's got all four still. <laughs> I don't think so. You're not a fan of any of these teams left, He's are you? He's a fan of every hockey team, Not Jack. really. Not really sad. <laughs> All right. I was I was rooting for the Kraken, but they didn't make Big it. Big Golden Knights guy. All right. That's your NHL talk for the next two months. <laughs> Number one.
Martha Stewart upholding her icon status, this time as a cover model for the 2023 Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. At age 81? Yes. At age 81 on the cover of the the Sports Illustrated. Uh, I don't know that I can say anything about this that won't sound weird, so... I will say a hearty congratulations to her for getting that gig, especially at 81. Uh, That's impressive. It'll be interesting to see how many uh, copies of that they don't sell compared to other years. Oh, (laughs) that's a good question. Is anybody buying magazines anyway? Is anybody still going out and buying the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition? If they're not a subscriber, they might. Let's be honest. That was usually the one that just sort of came in the... It came in the mail because you were a subscriber and it was coming in the mail. And you're like, oh, well, I guess I get this one, too. Oh, well. Right? <laughs> Maybe nobody else had that experience. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, congratulations to uh, to Martha for doing that. All right. We'll take a break. That is it for your morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIS. Well, with another uh, cloudy, damp spritzing of a uh, precipitation day yesterday in the capital city, I took the liberty to go ahead and look ahead for you at the next time we are going to be potentially disappointed when it looks like rain might be in the forecast and it doesn't actually come. Now the uh, the arrow points to Thursday night into uh, Friday overnight, maybe into Friday morning, where uh, another chance of rain comes there at that point. But that's really, I mean, even if that would happen, that's really basically it for the entire weekend. Now, I'm glad about that this time because, I well, I will have to continue to lug the sprinkler around my yard. Uh, I also have a big outdoor party plan on Saturday night that I really oh, yeah, that's coming up I here, really would like not to uh, not to make changes and move inside. And now I can just figure out on how to uh, how to make enough stuff for a taco bar for over 200 people. You got it. You'll be fine. They said a half pound of meat per person. A that, half a pound per person? That's a hundred pounds of meat. <laughs> Just the meat. I don't I don't know if that's right. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do a little bit more. Maybe we'll have, we'll put a little sign up said only one trip through, please. No seconds. No, no Fill up now. No second. And, and the one other, scoop. And and here's the deal. You all the and uh, my wife asked my son, she was like, So like your friends, the high school kids to come, what do you think they'll eat? And he was like <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna. You think they're gonna go to all these parties? They have an entire Saturday lined up with parties with free food. Do you think they're gonna eat? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing is they're gonna be eating at each one. Yeah. But now, how do you plan on Again, that? I was in high school once. That wasn't that big of a limit for me. No, <laughs> no. When you hit those, it was all right. We're getting the pulled pork right at each one. Yeah. We're getting the taco. We're getting yep. the pizza. We're getting the cake. All of it. What else you got? All of it. All right. I'm going to be swimming in taco meat at the end of this <laughs> week. It's 8 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. May 16th, 2023. 55 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you back with us. Uh, we've got John Baylor coming up in 25 minutes. We'll be talking to him uh, about a variety of things, so look forward to that. Now, we were just talking about how I was going to be uh, making a lot of taco meat. Oh, and by the way, we got a text that said uh, they were doing something similar, but they were counting on, they were doing 0.2 pounds of meat per person. Is that what, what uh, Carla texted in and said? Is uh, that right? Two ounces. Two ounces. Two ounces per As taco. A- Okay, well, that per taco though. Yes. I'm, I mean, how many tacos do, do uh, if I go to a party? I'm listen. I'm probably not just eating one taco, right? I mean, three, three. So three. So that. But I had heard the high end of it is a half pound, which would be eight ounces. So that would be four tacos. Uh, so maybe we can maybe we can split the difference between what Carla's doing and between what I found online. And uh, split the difference between two and eight, and go six, right or five? Yeah, that might yeah, be. That would be maybe five. Six five ounces, ounces is still less than half a pound. Five ounces times two hundred is uh, let's see, is still a thousand ounces. I can't do the math on this in my head right now. That's still a lot. It's it's still a lot. Although we may be more like uh, we may be more like uh, sixty pounds of meat rather than a hundred pounds of meat. On that whole thing. Ah, there's Lauren. Come on in, Lauren. Uh, she uh, got Lauren Silverman, who is uh, joining us from the Lead Center right now. Hello, Lauren. Good How morning. are you doing? Lauren How Silverman Durbin from the Lead Center is joining us. Glad to uh, glad to have you with us right now. I was just calculating how much uh, taco meat I have to make for a graduation party, whether oh. it's three ounces per person or eight ounces per person. So that is a real struggle. Always, always a real struggle. But uh, you're here today because Lead Center has just made a big announcement about the upcoming season, the 2023-2024 season. Yes. So congratulations, first of all. Thank um, you. Yeah, just, I, I guess, let's let's kind of begin and, and, and tell us a little bit, and I know we've talked to Bill about this before, but mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about kind of the process that goes into this whole thing and lining it up and targeting shows that you want and making sure, sure these actually happen the Lead Center goes through with this. It is such a gigantic puzzle because, I mean, you come up with the shows you'd like to come and then you have to look at who's touring who's not touring mm-hmm. and then you just start scheduling right like because right. they shows have their schedules the lead center has our open schedule and then you have to start making the stars align right to uh 
um, to line all that up. And then there are offers to be made, yeah. right? Contracts have to be worked out. So it's kind of a miracle every year when <laughs> when it's like, oh, you, when that you're is able a to, full season. You're able to actually say that it's happened and it's and it's done. And yes, that's yes. what you guys were able to do What last week on this. Yes, so. we just announced it. More than 30 events. Because we already announced Broadway, right. right? We did the full Broadway right. announcement six-ish weeks ago. And then, so this is the full 30-plus music, theater, dance, comedy, illusion, the whole right. bit. So this season. is kind. Of, so it's kind. Of, it's kind of a weird year this year because you do have Hamilton right in the middle of the summer, which I guess is what season is that? But does it well, matter okay, so, what season that's part of? So it's interesting because technically Hamilton was is the twenty two twenty three. So season. that's still the current season, which is still hanging on. Yes, now. but. It's not till August, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. And mm-hmm. so we create your own season packages go on sale. You can actually put Hamilton in your 23, 24 Oh, can you? So it could go package. either direction on that, yes. basically. Which is totally abnormal. Not how we would usually do it. But because how the dates line up, it almost feels like it's more part right. of the 23, 24. Right. Because uh, then the season starts in September. It's not till August. And then the season truly starts in September. And, and before we get into that season, i got to ask about Hamilton. How are ticket sales going to that? If there are people who are still trying to or want to see it, can they? And what do they need to do if so? Yes, there are still tickets available. Best availability is weeknights. Because, you okay. know, it's a full 16 performances. Mm-hmm. So all over the week. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still some great tickets to be had if you want to go maybe on a Wednesday evening or okay. a Thursday evening rather than the weekends. The weekends are tighter, yeah. as you might imagine. No, not surprising. Um, but yes, there are definitely still great tickets to be had okay. if you would like to see it. Good. And yeah. like you said, you could pair them with tickets to some of the shows in the upcoming season. So right, absolutely. Let's, let's get into the season uh, after Hamilton is over. You'll jump right in into the fall, right? And, yes. And get into this, I suppose, in September right after this, huh? Yes. Opening night with the Blues Brothers, yeah. which, I mean, and yes, to answer everybody's first question, yes, it is Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. It is the actual, yeah, Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd with this. That's Which, very cool. And they don't I really tour. Aykroyd still tour. I didn't know he's still touring. The, it, they really don't very much. It's wow. really like you have to lure them for special events. Because, I mean, they don't have to do it. They're doing just fine for themselves. Right. They don't have to do anything they don't want to do, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, and the, the full Blues Brothers What kind of band. a show is that going to be? Like It's what? a concert. It truly it is. is. It is a blues concert. They bring their whole band and um i mean some comedy too but mostly right. it is the them as the blues brothers they are elwood and z right for that concert very cool so that's yeah. september 22nd right. uh so the first kind of big show after hamilton yeah after that gets over and then we get into there are some we're it's kind of the season of the masters we really have um so Wenton Marsalis is coming back, you know, yep. jazz legend. Mm-hmm. Joshua Bell, who is considered the greatest living violinist. Yes. You just went past Emmanuel Axe, one of yep. the greatest living pianists. Yep. Um, there's even, there's a gentleman named Jake Shimabakuro. So I've met Jake. He, you have? He was here years ago. Yes, he was. He was here years ago, and I interviewed him, and he brought his ukulele, right? He's he known as the Jimi Hendrix of the ukulele. He, like, he brought his ukulele in studio and played a live, it's one of the live That's tracks. So cool. I want to put out a live album of the the few music uh, live music that's happened on my show, Jake Shimabakuro would have to be on it. But that's a great get. He's incredible. Yeah, yeah so I've heard him play. So all so of he's these, coming. these kind of masters that are coming back. But yes, Wenton Marsalis has really been kind of part of the history of the Lead Center. 20th anniversary yeah. season, 25th anniversary season. Um, the last one was virtual because much of the 30th that's anniversary right. season was what right. ended up being virtual. So we're super excited to have him back in person right. with the full Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra, and that's always 
always spectacular. Yeah, that'll be great. So and you got the Masters, yeah. Yeah, we mentioned Joshua Bell. He is coming this time with his wife, Larissa Martinez. She is a Metropolitan Opera Soprano. Oh, really? And so it's called Violin and the Voice. So she sings while he plays. Yes, okay. and it's a super accessible program. I'm excited about it. So it's not... It is it's obviously a classical program, but also there's a big suite from West Side Story. Cool. And so it's kind of multi-genre, and I think that's going to be pretty spectacular. All right. Tell, tell me about some more things that you're uh, excited um, about. We, it's a good season for comedy. Brian Regan is yes, coming back. Hilarious. Yep. And also Tom Papa. I'm excited about Tom okay, Papa. Okay, now, yeah, I don't know I don't know much about him. What should okay, I know so about Tom Papa? Okay, so Tom Papa, he has a couple of Netflix specials. He's a very dry guy. Okay. He is, I always say, he's the... I have guy because he does this whole bit out in America is his thing and he was a he was on wait wait don't tell me and okay. um, live from here those kind of NPR shows okay. and he is he's hilarious so he's the other comedian coming um, Mannheim steamrollers coming back. right everybody Christmas loves, season yes yes everybody yeah. loves Mannheim steamroller another one that's really interesting To Kill a Mockingbird mm-hmm. is coming but this is a brand new script rewritten by Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, oh, really? yes, of the West like Wing. Like the West Wing? Yes, huh. that Aaron Sorkin. I saw this in Chicago. It's uh-huh. it's amazing. It is the, it's the same story. It's set in the same time period, all of that. But he really takes a different look at kind of who is Atticus mm-hmm. and um, who is Calpurnia. And mm-hmm. it's a really, and it's, you know, Aaron Sorkin dialogue. So right. it's, it's fast. And, mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a really interesting re-look at... at- to Kill a Mockingbird. At the book that a lot of us read in high school. Yes, uh, Or junior high. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, what else? What else? Um, well, we talked about Broadway, but obviously Disney's Aladdin is coming. Yeah. Les Miserables, Shrek, Mean Girls, the new Jesus Christ superstar. Um Nebraskans love illusion. This is a thing we have, <laughs> we have. The magic observed. shows do well. The huh? magic shows sell out. It was, we had Reza last year. This year we have illusionist Rob Lake. Um, I believe it was NBC that called Rob Lake the best touring illusionist. It was one of the others that said that about Reza. I mean, the upshot uh-huh. is they're all amazing. They make yeah. people fly around. Yeah, they, I went a few years ago when you had, what was it, the the magicians or the illusionists or something? Oh, were I like think the, four the illusionists. The illusionists, I yeah. yeah. I, I was that, and that was a crazy show. It's uh, al- crazy. It's always amazing. And sometimes, you know, working there i end up with a couple of secrets i probably shouldn't end up with with what's backstage or whatever and still i don't know how they do it we got we had we had really good seats at that particular show and i was like i'm gonna be able to figure out what's happening with a lot of these things there was no way there was no way like yeah some of it and i know they all have different ones but yeah some of the stuff is just crazy no one of the ones a couple times ago of somebody i knew he made her levitate. And I'm like, obviously, that's not actually happening. Right. But even she didn't know how he was doing right. it. This one I went, they brought a gal up and they had her phone and they did something with her phone. I can't even remember. <laughs> it involved her phone and I had no explanation whatsoever for it. So uh, I'm sure this, uh, yes, this, this show Rob is going to have some of the similar stuff. Absolutely too. phenomenal. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, it's a whole oh, lot. What you else do you want me to mention? You just scrolled Spider-Man? past something. Yeah. So that we have two shows coming that are super interesting. It's not like anything we've done before. The Lead Center has a gigantic uh, screen and a really state-of-the-art projector. So mm-hmm. we're doing two movie experiences this year. Oh! Where the you play the whole movie. It is the full movie, but with a live orchestra playing the whole score cool. with it. And so the two movies are Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And this is timed with the release of the second Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. And then the other one is Coco. And this is going to be on day of the day, Dia de los Muertos, on Day November of the 1st. Dead. Yeah. Um, with a full uh, mariachi orchestra 
orchestra, and it's going to be pretty spectacular. So they time it. How does that work exactly? So they time it out with the yes. music that would be in the movie otherwise? Yes, yes. They play the score live with the movie. That's cool. That yes. is, that's very good. That is going to be very, very cool. cool. Unique stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about kind of just the general variety that you've that you've got here with with this? I know that's something that you guys always try to achieve, and it seems like you've done a good job with it. Right. This the again. goal is the something for everyone, right? Mm. And I think this season does it really nicely. There's a lot of great family shows, um, but then there's classic stuff like Super Diamond, the Neil yes. Diamond tribute is coming back, and the Share Show, and the Simon and Garfunkel story, which is a um, it is a concert, but also their story. Uh, so kind of just spanning the ages, spanning artists from different countries, Yeah, the, which, yeah. Is, which is the goal. The goal is whatever you like. Right. Uh, there's on, something for you. On the musical, this is the first time Les Mis has been back in, in quite a while, right? I years saw it. Years. I saw it. I don't know. It might have been the last time it was here, which seems like 10, 12 years ago At le- yes. that I saw it. Yes. And maybe. actually, fun fact, Les Mis was also the first Broadway show that ever came to the Leeds Center oh, really? when it opened thirty, little over 30 years ago. Yeah. It was the first major. Well, yeah. when I, when I, I mean, that's the only time I've seen it live. I'm obviously was familiar with it, but that sure. was stunning. That was a stunning experience for me. I had never seen it live, and I'm sure this new production of it is is going to be the same way too. So that'll be a it's that'll be a popular ticket. How many people say it was their first musical? People yeah. say that about Lame is a lot. Yeah. I it was their what, favorite. It was the first thing they it ever It definitely saw. was my favorite. I and you know, I went in not knowing to feel like not knowing if I'd feel like it was kind of accessible, right? But right. I really did. And the mu- I mean it just helps that the music is so good. Yeah. Um and it it was great too. And then Jesus Christ Superstar obviously. Yeah. Another one where the music is going to be really familiar to yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. And this is and, this is a rock concert style Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah. which is very cool. Yeah. That'll be great. That will be great. So what do people need to know as they kind of see this menu right. in front of them for August all the way down to next April, May? Uh, what do they need to know about maybe the ways that are best to get tickets? Obviously, sure. you know, there might be multiple things that they like. What would you like to yeah. say about that? So how this works, today at 11 a.m., create your own season packages go on sale. So okay. that means you choose any four or more of all of those, like you said, starting with Hamilton and moving all the way through the right. season. And... Um, you become a season subscriber that way. Uh, you save up to 20% on your tickets. And so then individual tickets to shows don't go on sale till August. Okay. For so, most shows. So if you identify a few of them, now's the time to act. Absolutely. To get the good ones, to get the discount, and, you know, get the good seats. And yes, and we do anticipate some of them will sell out. So the way yeah. to do it, and then you get all the, you know, you get invited to stuff. You get insider access right. when, you're a, when you're a subscriber. Plus, it is the best prices. Yeah, and you can say you're a season ticket holder exactly. then. Exactly. Uh, very good. So you can do that on the website today? You can, yeah. Starting at 11 a.m. today, you can do it on the website. You can call the box office. Or there are still a lot of people that like to go down to the box I know. office I know. and talk to a human being and talk <laughs> you through can do your that options they're open 11 to 3 monday to friday well cool well it looks like a great season lauren uh congratulations to everybody at the lead center for putting this together again thanks so much uh and uh we're looking forward to talking about them as they get closer and into the season so thanks for coming by today appreciate Thank it you. all right there you go lauren silverman durbin from the lead center as they unveil their new season and you can get your season tickets starting today 824 we'll take a break sale and k today with jack and friends on kli waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? 
O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. Hey, JB and the Jack Attack on a Tuesday morning at 8.36, May 16, 2023. Boy, JB, good morning. Is that firing you up? Which one of those shows are you going to? Lay Miz. Lay Miz. You going to Lay Miz? Every year you should see Lay Miz. They're like That'd be hard. There are at least two songs that make you cry every time in that. Uh, I like you know I like the uh, I like the one day more I like, I like I play that one before the first day uh, before a day before anything I'm excited for the next day day I've, before the Husker football game I'm bumping one day more right I fire that up every game. morning I was just just going to going after that one on my way here <laughs> one day more I thought you were more of an on my own guy I interesting love, well yeah that's okay that's a good one but uh, bring him home oh. I dreamed a dream. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to you coming over here, and I just fired up those two, so it's I'm good. a little weepy right Les now. Les Mis is good weepy workout oh. music. It's nice if you want to get pumped up for a jog, but be crying the entire time. Or if you're, there's it's a little nice. friction in the family, just fire that up <laughs> through the whole family. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're just embracing, weeping. You'd be the worst therapist like, ever. <laughs> during therapy, fire it up. <laughs> Guy's griping about his wife. Hold on, I dreamed a dream. Oh my gosh, that'd be that'd be all right. It'll bring kids and parents together. I love that. There music. was a, we had no. It wasn't. I was thinking it's it's graduation week. I was thinking we had a soloist at our my graduation at Lincoln East class of nineteen ninety six. Back when we did the graduations, by the way, out at Seacrest Field. Nice, where it was outdoors. And now they don't want them. Now it's too big. Got to go to PBA. Got to go to PBA. Don't oh, worry about the weather. Every Seacrest every, isn't big enough. For East That's a good question. I don't know if it would be or not, but they quit doing Why? that. They quit. They used to have outdoor graduations in multiple Weather. places in town. Weather, Weather. I guess. People it was beautiful. Are, it was people beautiful. Are softening we, up. Uh, we gra- but we also graduated in June, not in May. We uh, used to not have roofs at our schools. I mean, just people have softened up. We just went with walls. Would you say it was just like a courtyard? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so in the winter, it got a little chilly, but you were focused. Right. Right. It was. Now yeah. indoors. Jeez. Come on. My goodness. You Come did, on. You didn't have air conditioning, though. Probably didn't have that back when we were getting early release for hot weather there in uh, August, Those days September. are over, thank goodness. They're done. Whenever school done. lets out, I just think Russia wins. No, somebody sang uh, To Dream the Impossible Dream from Man of La Mancha Love at my it. graduation. Oh, we, and they sang that? Yeah. We had, a, we had good music. We had good. Nice. We had really good music East, people there. Lincoln East is East. solid at the country club sports. They're uh, solid at... Ba- I'm just going to correct you. The baseball team is up, is about to take a shot at bringing home the first state baseball title for Lincoln nice. since I was born. Oh, when I was playing baseball, Omaha would beat us all the time. It's, it's happened, embarrassing. It's happened that way for four decades. I nearly moved to Ashland because I just had to get in the middle. Four I did, this is crazy. Decades of that of Omaha domination in Class A baseball. And East highs about. East, the, well, well I, I didn't jinx them. They just they're two and zero in the tournament. They moved on to the semifinals. Got to win one game out of two to get to the. The championship. All those Omaha baseball powers. I mean, first of all, if you're in the crib in Omaha and you haven't been handed a baseball or a uh, soccer ball, it's an unusual right. birth. Very right. unusual birth. Right. So they're just focused on those two sports. But, you know, Creighton Prep, Millard South, Millard North, Millard West. Yeah. 
West Side. I mean, they're just loaded central. I mean, they got great baseball. Yeah, that's the thing, though. And they haven't, you, I mean, you look at volleyball, you look at football, you look at basketball, there were always kind of ebbs and flows where Lincoln yep. was on top. Yep. Tennis. Or, or, you know, Grand Island, Kearney, Hastings, Norfolk, somebody else would have a good good squad. But baseball, it has been Omaha yeah, for years. the entire well, time. With the revival of tennis at Woods and elsewhere, I guess, around the, around the city. I mean, now girls' tennis is more competitive than ever. Boys' tennis, I mean, that used to be dominated by Omaha for a long stretch. So Eight straight state championships for my alma mater when I was in high school. Nice. Lincoln's on the rise. Have yeah. you ever got down Thank on Lincoln? Have you ever have you seen the Capitol Parkway, the Children's Zoo, uh, PBA? Have I seen the Children's Zoo? Yeah, stuff. I have seen the Children's Zoo many Pinewood times. Bowl had it's Chicago. not a new thing. Pinewood Bowl had Chicago. I know. I can't believe it. I know. Kenny Chesney was Kenny here Chesney. in a tank top. We got, I'm like, with all this dough, get some sleep. Got Matt Rule right. Got Matt, if you had arms like that, come on. If I had arms like that, it'd be yeah. a lot of tank topping. And he talks about balding and how he says, well, balding never harmed me with the women. I'm like, I got a reason why balding never harmed you with the women. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I, bet, I, mean, I got about five of them. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of atypical. You're not, I mean, you're not exactly. Oh, God. Arm. What a humble brag. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Very sad. Hey, I'm curious here, you, you, as you work with high school students, yes. um, and we're coming up to an interesting sort of class of high school students, and I guess college students to some degree, too, where the very beginning, like they got started in high school, yep. and then COVID hit. In year one, yeah. right? In year one. And then they had sort of year two yep. that was super weird, year three that was close to normal, and year four that really was was normal after yep. all of that. How do you, I don't know, do you have any, re? Is it, do they do they feel different? Do they seem yes, different than, than the rest because of, of that experience? Well, that accelerated a lot of trends that were unfortunate. For example, I think screen addictions went up, and with that comes increased depression, increased anxiety, and you're seeing it. Uh, whenever I go speak to an entire, or work with an entire junior class, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kids, the group that is disconnected, disengaged, is, is much larger than it has been historically. The, the number of faces down into screens is much higher than it used to be, and I think rural Nebraska somehow has avoided this uh, to to some degree, not fully, but it's it's less prevalent there in part because they were only out for that spring of twenty. I was going to say maybe they didn't do they as went, much they remote went right school. Back. Now there was you know some separation stuff and you know the the glass and stuff that to separate kids, but it was as close to normal as possible that fall of twenty twenty. Whereas the bigger schools, I'm not blaming anyone by the way. You got lots of Homo sapiens and small condensed spaces. Uh, they had to live under you know unusual rules for like another 12 months minimum right. well that adds up and and you've got kids you got more introverted kids uh, more students young people that struggle with uh, hanging out with o- older folks but what i like to tell this generation is what a huge opportunity this becomes because we're judged in part based on how we respond to adversity and this clearly was adversity if you're a young person now and you're showing just what i would consider normal inquisitiveness normal work ethic normal respect, devotion to punctuality, for example, uh, you're really going to get ahead because there's a craving for that in the older generation because we just don't see it as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. I I was looking uh, yesterday. I didn't know that they did this. Maybe they've done this for a while, but the World Herald put out, you know how at the end of a sports season they'll put out the All-State team and then they'll do the second All-State. I read them yesterday. They have an all-academic yeah. team. Did you see that? Awesome. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. you saw that. couple that was, going to Notre Dame. That was I was interesting to see yeah. where they were all going. You had all over the board. A couple of the Rakes program. You had a couple of the Rakes program. You had one, I believe, Arizona for a specific yeah. space focus space that was on there. Site. One that was going yeah. to Fordham. 
That was uh, interesting. That big the, scholarship, I'm sure. It was all over, but it was it was super interesting to hear South Dakota School of Mines. For South Dakota other. School of Mines, fabulous was a, school. Yeah, I, I consider South Dakota School of Mines one of the great values in this country, if not the best value. It can it's under thirty grand a year retail. You pop a twenty eight, twenty nine in the ACT, you're going to be under twenty grand a year, and the starting salary out of there average is seventy k. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hello. There's no better ROI. Right. But right. you know, you go to the Rakes program. Whatever. It's even better ROI. These kids aren't. These kids aren't worrying too much about money. I'm going to guess. In there. I mean, uh, they're shooting up 35s and 36s. Oh, trust me, these kids are concerned Still? about dough. Still for tuition. Heck yeah. Oh, not these kids. Yeah, What's these kids. Thirty-two. The, these kids are there. We're talking about here. All yeah. the places that but, they're you know, going. They got people fighting over them. They're recruiting them. Yeah, one of them's going to Georgetown. There's no need-based aid for. Or, or excuse me. There's no merit-based aid. Oh for really? Georgetown. Oh yeah. That person's probably Jeez. paying 80k a year. Oh yeah. Holy there, cow! You yeah. probably find some other stuff. It's three fifty a year to go full price to these fancy Who colleges. Who is on doing the coast. that? Who in the world have is doing that? The, JB, have you noticed the concentration of wealth in this country and the wealth inequality in this country? <laughs> there is. There can't be that many of those. Oh, jeez! Huge numbers of very, very wealthy people, and for all sorts of reasons. But uh, they've got the dough. Holy cow! That's a lot. There's, there's way more. These, these schools reject ninety plus percent of their applicants. Their people mm-hmm. are fighting to pay three hundred and fifty grand over four years to go to Vassar, mm-hmm. to go to Boston University, right? To go to Wesleyan in Connecticut. They are fighting. They're throwing elbows. It's wild. And is the thought that that is just going to make such a difference salary wise for them when it gets done? Is that or is it about something else? It's about brand name. It's about bragging to the folks at the club uh it's just this wow obsession i'm not talking about lincoln i'm talking about no i know what you're saying but you have dough and you're in new jersey there is a cachet to making sure your kid doesn't go to rutgers the state university their equivalent of unl Mm -hmm. and instead goes to like bowden Mm -hmm. and even if it costs you full price and you'll mortgage you will borrow like Mm -hmm. crazy and it's a mentality that's fading a little but if you're liquid, I mean, if you're making real, you know, you got real net worth, you got, and you can afford it, you think you can afford it, that feeling of making sure my kid keeps up with the Joneses and has the right name on their diploma doesn't fade. But what I like to say, and I say this every day, is it's not where you go to college, it's how you go to college. I mean, you could go to UNL and play it like a Steinway and get a better education than you would, you know, sleepwalking through Boston College, certainly. Hmm, interesting. Absolutely. I, I thought it was fascinating looking at all those those really great academic performances around the state and seeing kind of the variety. I thought maybe you were going to you were going to see 90% of them are going to be doctors, right? Or something like that. It was interesting to see kind of the variety yeah. that was in it. You had one that was mu- going to be a music minor, right? Mm-hmm. You, and then something else completely different as as a major. You that's had one a, that was into psychology. You had another interesting twist that this generation's showing and I think it's pretty doggone healthy. It's it's there's kind of rethinking the old norms for success. Doctor, lawyer. Um, there you know, there's a lot of devotion to music. There's a lot of like, you know, I want to make sure that's a part of my life, whether I'm professional or not. I want to be able to create music to give myself and others joy for the next six decades. That's a wonderful instinct. I'll just tell you about my daughter. I mean, um, unlike my generation where we found the best job wherever it was, and then we'll just find roommates wherever that is. No, she's like, I found a city I love. My roommate's going to that city. I know a lot of people in that city. I'm going to go live in that city mm-hmm. and find the best job in that city. And now she's got this wonderful situation where she's rooming with her best friend from college. She's got a great job in that city, and she's got a lot of momentum. That's Considering a, some of the other things around, just the job is what you're saying. Yeah, it's a, it's a quality of life play yeah. that we they're, – they're not as devoted to the, you know, the 
60 hour a week during your 20s yeah. instinct. And that's not fully, very few things are fully great or fully bad, but it's certainly a trend I'm seeing. On the other hand, a lot of employers thinking, boy, I wish we could go back to that. Right. Because it was easier to hire. Yeah. yeah you've got a, a fair number of young people who are like, no, I'm going to give up the partner track at the accounting firm to go work for the local college and be one of their financial dudes and make a fraction as much over the long term. You, I've heard you talk in the past about, you know, thinking about the future, you know, kind of the futuristic thing with with when, you know, artificial intelligence, those sorts of things will have to be a bigger and bigger consideration in the job market. It feels like, JB, in like three months, that has gone from boom, zero to 60 all of a sudden with the with all of just sort of the the ubiquity of conversations about UI, about consumer products with, with AI, excuse me, about AI and, and just kind of people understanding what it is. I don't know that the technology is generative that way, but it's just the, the amount of stuff that's there. Oh. It's like it really became real just this year. Absolutely. Well, it was, it uh, was known about in August and in beta form, it was published in uh, OpenAI, the company uh, published JATGPT information in November. Then we got JATGPT4 in February, and basically it has spawned what's called generative AI, and it's now a part of so many of your products, electronic products. Let's just say this, the pace of change is so fast that we can't predict it. But here's the good news. With change comes opportunity, and with change comes winners and losers. Get skills, get knowledge, think futuristically you know, predict where things are going to be in six to eight months and position yourself because there is change that's happening so fast and it's of course unnerving and unsettling but on the other part opportunities who's going to stay calm and be opportunistic what job's still going to be here in 20 years what is it what that's a great question um uh the newspaper reporter um who covers last night's game probably won't be yeah, that that'll be done by a bot um will a morning show host be a human. I don't know. Probably portions of the morning show will be a, a homo sapien, actually speaking. Um, remember, they can they can recreate your voice, any voice you want. They can have that voice speaking um, almost in real time already. It's crazy if you do a deep dive already. right now into the things that they've got. They're generating music. You know, the in the music yeah. world, they're they're making uh, fake, basically yeah. fake songs with Drake and Kanye West with uh, with them doing it essentially, and, yeah, and they I, weren't. I mean, here's another trend that uh, the young people are exhibiting. Not many, but you're hearing about it. Kids dropping out of college because they say, we can't wait. I can't wait two more years. I mean, the world's changing every two months. So dropping out of, you know, Columbia, brand name colleges and to, to get a crazy. start and, and going, to going to work for AI companies um, or associations that are trying to mitigate and put guardrails around the effects, the, the, uh, deleterious effects of AI. Yeah, so they're bringing it in Senate today. There's a hearing and they're bringing the, the head of the Good. company that was is behind chat GPT. They're bringing him in. They're bringing in some of the, the other people. Big, here are the two biggest threats. And one is fake news. We already struggle trying to determine with what's real and what's not. Well, now at no cost, you can create whatever you want. It'll look and sound real. Yeah. Right. Number two is Armageddon. You know, are we going to be create creating human like robots that will stop listening to us and doing what we want? Well, they're advancing so fast. They're mastering language like this. I mean, it's it's wild. Well, that's a nice thought. <laughs> those are the two risks for everyone who's super positive. And, and for those of you who are overly negative, I don't blame you, but recognize, stay calm. There's huge change. We've got to, we got to tell our leaders. Like, Were there any AI questions for the governor? 
downtown yesterday. I mean, what are we doing locally to put up guardrails? There's not a lot of state government can do, but what are you doing within your party nationally to making sure this is a priority? Right. We're talking about a lot of things that, in my opinion, don't affect a ton of people, but really get really are clickbait and really get a lot of eyeballs. That's true. Because it's visceral, right? That's what politics is today. Yeah. Yeah. Politics are visceral. If you can get people to react, then you can get them engaged, and engagement means votes. Mm -hmm. But AI can affect the planet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are talking a good game, but what's government doing to get organized and put up some real guardrails? Because right now we have tech leaders, unelected tech leaders, 30-somethings, determining just how fast they are developing human-like robots. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something. And I always sit back and I wonder, I'm like, is this is the pace of technology when I think about this? Like, I I didn't think about this stuff nearly like I do now one year ago, six months ago. I didn't. I I think it it just again has to do exactly with what you were talking about was sort of the consumer end of that stuff being available, the chat GPT being available and seeing it. The the images being more public now than they were a year ago, but well, volleyball players will remain human. Volleyball players will remain. We're not going to robot volleyball no, games. Not yet. All right. Although, Everybody become a volleyball player. Best be some, of luck. You picked a, a bad state to try and do it in. There'll be a robot volleyball league. It's just like the cool thing now. Everyone wants to own their own teams. Everyone wants to create their own league because there's seemingly an insatiable interest in sports. It's yeah. stunning. I, I just wonder if 10, 15 years from now we're going to say, yeah, technology really was moving faster than during this period than it ever was or is that something that's just well, perpetually happening and we always think it's we happening had time to manage atomic energy there was time and for now we've avoided yet another hiroshima we had time to manage the internet certainly it advanced but there was time to put guardrails up this is happening so fast you're right no one even thought about it before november was I didn't seven months ago? i didn't know what chat gpt was i didn't know what generative you know that yeah. that kind of stuff now Company after company is seeing their stock prices swing wildly, yeah. and their and their futures like they're all just meeting on a regular basis. How is this affecting us for good or bad? <sighs> Crazy. And yeah. I pull that thing up. Uh, I can pull it up on a browser now, and I don't really know what to do with it. <laughs> like, pull, I, pull what the chat, the, like that chat GPT or the Google one or the Bard, or I pull the, well, you can pull them up, and I'm like, you can. There's all. I, I'm not saying there aren't. You can companies up, are doing, but I'm like, what do I do with this? I like write a paper for me on yeah. uh, cell division, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I do that. I'm like, it's okay. done, and then you just edit it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Change uh, a few words and here and there. We're missing out. We will miss out. Our younger generations will, maybe ours as well, on mastering communication, and that's the bedrock of influence. And I'm I'm sad for kids today who clearly are going to be tempted to use ChatGPT to write. Mm-hmm. So one thing I I think it will will remain the case is there will be an increased priority on influential speaking because you can't just suddenly flip on a robot and and to speak for you but you can use one to write for you so if you can get up in front although of although you people, can give it a voice of a good speaker and you can say what it wrote know, even then you're right it's not you even can put clear. it in I mean you could put it in in Martin Luther King's voice or any but any yeah. voice that you've got it and it'll make it sound like it was that I mean people are saving the voices of their relatives mm. and they're making the you know making messages that from their relatives wow. where they'll leave them messages or something who passed away or just put a speaker in front of their chair at the dining room table and suddenly that speaker will emit the voice yeah. of the deceased beloved yeah. one and now they can hold a conversation as if they were yes, really there a hundred percent that's not we're, that is not at all it's happening already and that will be a whole lot more is that there will be a version of not, a deceased person that still sort of functions as at least someone you can co- converse with we're not doing it yet at the Baylor's, but 
we are having family meals around a table. That shows you how we're late adopters. <laughs> That's good. We still do that, too, sometimes. <laughs> Never often. Schedules allow, sometimes. <laughs> oh. All right. Good, deep, sort of depressing conversation today, JB. Here's the fix. Yes. Family meals and put the screens away. Outdoors. We are human creatures that are craving interaction. We are not teenagers. We're not screenagers. We're teenagers. Be with each other. There you go. Go out in the woods. Take a walk. Fight AI by having dinner with your family. You see that over there? That's what's called dirt. (laughs) There you go. Go for it. These are fingers. Sink the fingers in. All right. Oh, go live in rural Nebraska. That's where that stuff happens. All right. A lot of advice there from JB, who uh, mentioned Armageddon today. All right. We'll take a break on that note. I'm paid by the opinion, soon by the syllable. (laughs) Thank you, JB. 856 will wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, wrapping things up on a Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday morning. We are going to talk tomorrow. Well, first of all, it's what chapter at Wednesday, your chance to get it off your chest in a self, safe, healthy environment. Uh, be looking for the Facebook post today on that, facebook.com slash LNK today. Make sure you like that. We're going to talk to uh, Maggie Stucky Ross from Lincoln Parks and Rec Department. So look forward to having her on. Uh, got a couple of things that uh, they need some people to hire. You're looking for a job that's not going to be filled by AI. They've got one for you. And uh, we'll have John Bishop on the show with us as well. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow. It's 9 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln.